All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. We're live. Super Saturday. It's Super Saturday. And we are live here at bloodandfaith.com. We are live here uh, on Podbean, fritzreport.podbean.com. And uh, uh, I'm going to pay attention to the public reading of the scriptures. That was Paul's instruction to Timothy. Pay attention to the public reading of the scriptures, as well as your teaching and preaching. So we're going to do a little teaching and preaching and a little bit of public reading of the scriptures this morning. This is Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 is important, as I've said, because this is where Jesus Christ goes after the Talmud people and the Talmud, otherwise known as the traditions of the elders, the precepts of the elders. Remember, the Talmud is written down, it's finally written down uh, oh, a few centuries after the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But it's a, compil a compilation of the, the supposed oral tradition that was passed down from father to father amongst the rabbis, of the oral traditions that trumped the written word of God, trumped the law and the prophets, trumped what Moses wrote, trumped what the prophets wrote. They said, no, 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 forget what's written. Uh, our oral traditions supersede that. And it's my contention that that is exactly the disease that has infected the church. Matthew chapter 15. Tradition and commandment. That's the title of it according to this uh, version of the Bible. Then some of the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders, for they do not wash their hands when they eat. So the point was the tradition of the elders. And he answered, Jesus answered, and he said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? And that's it right there. That's it in, in a nutshell. The difference between Jesus Christ and Judaism is right there. They have their own traditions, and Jesus Christ said, No, we, we have the commandments of God. Christianity did not grow out of Judaism. Judaism is a, it's a perversion. It's an inversion. It's a rejection of the written word of God. It's a rejection of the commandment of God for their own traditions. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying here. For God said, honor your father and mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Right there, full stop. Okay, right there, full stop. That is an utter rejection of critical race theory. That stands critical race theory on its head. Critical race theory is an attack on the commandment of God, where Jesus Christ says, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. Uh, right there. That's why, that's why you, you can't uh, allow these traditions, don't be racist, for example, to overcome the commandment of God. But you say, whoever has, says to his father or mother, whatever I have, I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or mother. And by this, you invalidate the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. That's Judaism, the precepts of men. They reject and abandon the commandment of God, the law of God. 
for their precepts of men, for their traditions of the elders. After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, Hear and understand, it's not what enters the mouth that defiles a man, but that which proceeds out of the man that defies, defiles a man. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended, offended when they heard the statement? So here's Jesus Christ's opinion of the Pharisees, who were the teachers of the Talmud. He answered them and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. All right? Right there, he's saying, Hey, the Talmud teachers, they're not from God. They're not from God. Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They're blind guides of the blind. And the blind man guides the blind, they both fall into the pit. That's who these people were. He, Jesus Christ said, no, they're not, they're not of God. These people actively undermine the law of God. All right. There's your traditions and commandments. Let's go to, ooh, let's go to Mark 8.38. Here's where I, you know, I, I go after the Christian church. Go up to the Christians and say, hey, Christian, here's the problem. Here's a little problem. Because you're going down the same road of abandoning the Word of God, the written Word of God for your traditions, reinterpreting what Jesus Christ said to, to make the Antichrist happy, which is what the church is doing. A mainstream churches, mainline churches, evangelical churches, we call all of them, New Age churches, the, the whole lot of them, very, very, very few men, pastors, preachers, will stand up and say exactly what the Word of God says. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. All right, Mark 8.38, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, and my words, and my words. All right? People say, oh, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I love Jesus. He loves everybody. And he, they, got, they paint this little picture of Jesus out there that's utterly unoffensive, unoffensive even, even to the Antichrist. Oh, until you read the words of Jesus Christ, until you read his words. That's why Jesus says, and my words. And you read his words, and it's like, oh my God, he said that? And it's like, yeah, he did say that. In this adulterous and sinful generation. Well, how about that? Uh, we're talking adultery here. Well, let's go read James, and let's talk about adultery. All right? James chapter 4, verse 4. You adulteresses, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, everyone who wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And this is rampant in the Christian Protestant church, rampant in the Catholic church. Look at that guy, the, the Pope. He's a sellout to the Antichrist, isn't he? So it talks about adulteresses. You know, it's 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 more when you when you talk about adultery in the Bible and you talk about the harlot in the Bible, it's this spiritual adultery, where you're you're doing like the Talmud teachers did, and you're saying, yeah, we understand what it says, but we, we don't interpret it that way. We're going to reinterpret it according to our own needs. And right here in James four four, it talks about the sinful and adulterous generation, and he, or it, it talks about that in, in in Matthew fifteen and in in James. Chapter 4, verse 4. You adulteress, 
You want to be friends with the world? By papering over the commandment of God for your traditions? He says, you make yourself an enemy of God. You make yourself an enemy of God. And you got so many Christians out there, so many churches out there trying to tell people that a certain people that explicitly rejects Jesus Christ are somehow God's chosen. That ain't right, folks. I've commented before on how Jesus Christ is the chief theological officer of the Christian church. <laughs> Imagine that. We don't have a chief theological officer. Yes, we do. His name's Jesus Christ. Who's the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is First John 2.22. Who is the liar? But the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. The one who denies the Father and the Son. All right, who denies the Father and the Son? Look, the answer is in the Bible. This isn't, a, this isn't a mystery. This isn't something, you, you know, you're all out there pulling back the curtains and looking in some old closet and, you know, hunting around all around the world to find or try to find this guy's the Antichrist. And he's in your country. He's in your government. He's in your Senate. He's in your, he's in, in, in your uh, uh, some of them are in your pulpits. They're in your courthouses. Who's the liar? Who's the liar? But the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Okay, you know who a liar is? Those who deny that Jesus is actually the anointed one and the Messiah of God. And there's a whole group of people that, that out there, and they call themselves such and such, and they explicitly deny that Jesus is the Messiah of God. They deny it. Well, right here it says, well, who is the liar? But those that deny that Jesus is the Christ. Why would you trust them? Why would you believe a word they say on any topic whatsoever? Bible writes here, here says, who is the liar but the one who that denies that Jesus is the Christ? They all recognize that, that, that there's this character named Jesus that, that, that lived on the earth 2,000 years ago, but they utterly deny that he was the Messiah. Who are those people? Read the Gospels. Read the book of Acts. You don't have to wonder. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Okay? Where's the Antichrist? It's the one who denies the Father and the Son. The one who denies the Father and the Son. It's the same people. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Book of Acts. It's the same people. This is the Antichrist. It's those folks that deny the Father and the Son. Well, you're going to have to be more specific. Oh, okay. All right. Revelation 2, verse 9. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you're rich. And the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. The blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but they're a synagogue of Satan. Don't you see the correlation here between the synagogue of Satan and the Antichrist? There's a direct correlation between the synagogue of Satan and the Antichrist. The Jews who claim to be Jews, but they're not Jews. And they're a synagogue of Satan. Who's the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Well, I don't know about that. I think you're taking something out of context, Fritz. All right, let's keep going. It's all right. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to question. You're supposed to ask hard questions. You're supposed to say, I don't know about that. Let me check it for myself. That's what you're supposed to do. Let me see here. 
I'm over here in 1 John chapter 4. All right. 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Okay? Not Jesus, but Jesus Christ. What does Christ mean? It's the Messiah, the anointed one. That the anointed one, that the Messiah has already come in the flesh. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. This is the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming. And now it is already in the world. Now it is already in the world. And y'all are looking for this guy. And the Bible says, hey, it's already in the world. It is already in the world. And you're out there trying to find something. Oh, we're fine. Antichrist hasn't come yet. No, it's already in the world. This is the Antichrist. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Oh, we want another one. Okay, well, that's good. I'm so glad you're asking. Man, that's important. It's important to me to know that you're asking and that, you're, that you want to make sure this is straight up, right out of the Holy Scriptures. Here's 2 John, chapter 7. No, excuse me, verse 7. John is very short. There's only 13 verses. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Y'all keep looking. Oh, where did he go? Where did he go? Many deceivers have gone into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Well, who is it that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus Christ already came in the flesh? Again, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. There's very specific people that rejected the idea that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Some of them converted, like Paul, but a lot of them didn't. And you go to the book of Acts, who's the constant enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Then you go to the book of Revelation, and you look and you say, well, what's the, you know, the, the dragon tried to eat eat up the, you know the baby when 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 a woman gave birth, and and he was caught up to heaven, and so he goes and he makes war on her children. <laughs> it's almost it's almost too obvious. Who are the children? It's those that have the faith in Jesus Christ, and Satan sends his dragon out there to consume him. He is the dragon. Satan is the dragon. And then he has a synagogue on earth to do his will. People say the church is the hands and, and, and feet of Christ. What do you think the synagogue of Satan is, other than the hands and feet of Satan, of the, of the Antichrist, the physical embodiment of the Antichrist? It's if the church is the body of Christ, the synagogue of Satan is the embodiment of, of, of the Antichrist and of Satan himself. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what you've accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Does not have God. Does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. 
does not have God, if you don't recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Christ of God, having already come in the flesh. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, don't receive them in your house and don't give them a greeting. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, don't receive them in your house and do not receive, do not give them a greeting. For the one who gives them a greeting participates in his evil deeds. And you've got Baptist pastors out there uh, uh, breaking bread with people that utterly, officially, explicitly reject Jesus Christ as the Messiah having come in the flesh in their interfaith, uh, in their interfaith community. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I thought a, a good Baptist would never do this. A Baptist preacher, he's just out of Texas somewhere. And, and uh, you know, getting paid by the U.S. government, and he's working with rabbis and imams to, to develop an interfaith whatever. Here's what the Holy Scripture says. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. I'm not saying don't say hello to the guy, the guy you pass on the sidewalk. You don't know what his, his deal is. You don't know what he's going, do, doing there. But for a preacher to work directly with those Jews and Muslims who explicitly reject Jesus Christ as having come in the face. Here's what it says. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. I didn't write this. This was inspired by the Spirit of Jesus. All right. You want another scripture? Okay, I'll give you another scripture. I'm glad you're asking. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to check it every, all for yourself. See what's in the Holy Scriptures for yourself. Don't just do it because some dude on the internet said so. Go read the scriptures for yourself. All right. Revelation 3, 9. Sounds very much like Revelation 2, 9. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan. I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. This is a pretty powerful verse. Pretty powerful verse here. I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews, but not, but are not, but are lie. Okay, for like three times. They say they're Jews, one. They are not, two, and they lie, three. It's very clear. Jesus is making it crystal clear. They say they're Jews. They're not, man. They say they're Jews. They're not. They're of the synagogue of Satan. And you got this whole evangelical, I almost call it a cult, but maybe I've overused that word. I kind of use that word for the people out there in the secular world that think they're just rational beings, and they're in a cult. And the, and the church is out there telling the world that they're God's chosen people. And it's, no, no, they're not. They're the synagogue. Jesus said, no, hey, they're the synagogue of Satan. They claim to be Jews, but they're not, and they lie. Oh, I can't, I can't believe that. I can't believe Well, it's the, it's, it's the Word of God. You need to read this for yourself. We haven't even got to John chapter 8, man. You guys don't even, you don't even want to read John chapter 8. You don't want to read it because you're just going to say, that's going to blow my mind. Well, it is. You want to read John chapter 8? All right, we'll read John chapter 8. The more I read the Bible, the more just amazed I, amazed I am. All right, so Jesus is talking to the Jews. John chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you're truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Then they answered him. Who's the they? It's the Jews. 
We're Abraham's descendants, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? Well, clue number one here. How are you Abraham's descendants, but you've never been enslaved? When you know the history of Israel as being enslaved in Egypt. Well, maybe they weren't the children of Israel that were saying this. That wasn't Abraham. Israel was not Abraham's son. It was his grandson. And Abraham had other sons. You can be Abraham's child without being of, of, of Israel. Remember, Abraham had Isaac and he had Ishmael. Ishmael was not the chosen people. Let's also remember, Isaac had two sons. He had Jacob and he, saw, he had Esau. Okay, Esau, the Bible says that God, that Jesus Christ himself hated Esau, hated Esau. Loved Jacob, hated Esau, according to the Holy Scriptures in Romans. So these people could have been sons of Ishmael, they could have been sons of Esau. Because all they're saying is, hey, we're, we're children of Abraham, and we've never been enslaved. Well, that kind of rules out anybody that was actually a son of Israel, It doesn't it? Because all the sons of Israel, they went down into Egypt, they're slaves for 400 years. They're down there for 400 years. They become slaves. So who are these people who are saying, hey, we're children of Abraham and we've never been slaves? I don't know, but it doesn't sound to me like they're the children of Israel. I mean, just put two and two together. And they say, how, how can you say we'll never be free? And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So the son will make you free. You'll be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants. Okay, could be from could be from Ishmael, could be from uh, Esau. Yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. It's really amazing when 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 you've got government agencies, the United States of America, government agencies declaring that uh, saying the Jews killed Jesus Christ is classical anti-Semitism. When Jesus Christ says right here, you you Jews seek to kill me. <laughs> So who are you going to back up? I know who I'm backing up. I know who I'm standing with. I speak the things which I have seen from my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father, your father, your father. Wait a minute. Jesus has says my father, and then he talks about the father of the those who call themselves Jews. And they answered him to, and said, Abraham is our father. <laughs> Jesus said to them, sure, Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. What was his deed? He was his faith, man. His, his righteousness comes by faith. But as it is, you're seeking to kill me. Again, he says, look, y'all call yourselves Jews. If you're not, you're liars, but you're seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, for this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. You're doing the deeds of your father. You said, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. All right, this gets deeper, man. It gets deeper really quick. First of all, they're charging that Jesus Christ was born of fornication. Essentially, they are blaspheming the Holy Ghost. They're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Really interesting. Very, very interesting. What's the one unforgivable sin? To blaspheme the Holy Spirit. It's not to smoke cigarettes. Young men get all, get all excited. Oh, I've committed unpardonable. No, you haven't. These people do. The people who call themselves Jews, but they're not. 
They blasphemed the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus Christ get conceived inside of me? How, did, how, how was the Christ child conceived? By the Holy Spirit. And we say, no, you're a son of fornication. No, you just blasphemed the Holy Spirit. That's what these people did. Those people did. The people that call themselves Jews, but aren't, but are liars, or the synagogue of Satan. They blasphemed the Holy Spirit. It will not be forgiven in this age or the age to come. And they said, they said, we have one Father, God. Okay, the deception is deep. The deception is great. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You cannot hear my word. You cannot hear my word. You can't. Verse 44. You are of your father, the devil. Who's Jesus Christ talking to? You know who he's talking to. It says it right here. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. Well, what are the words of God? It's the words of Jesus Christ are the words of God. What's the word of God? It's the words of Jesus Christ. Right here. He who is of God hears the words of God. But they don't, because they're not of God. The Jews answered. The who? The Jews. The who? The Jews. The who? The Jews answered. Verse 48. They said to him, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? All right. They deny that the Messiah has already come in the flesh. They deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They understand that Jesus was around, but, not the, but they reject him as the Messiah. That is the Antichrist. That is the Antichrist. Do we not rightly say that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Inversion, 100% inversion. Whether it's Genesis chapter 1 or, or, or the Gospel of John. That's what the Antichrist, that's what the synagogue of Satan does. 100% inversion. Do we not rightly say that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? And you're like you're talking to Jesus Christ, who's literally the Son of God, conceived of by the Holy Spirit, who cast out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you blaspheme the Holy Spirit on two counts. One, on the conception of Jesus Christ. Two, on the power to cast out demons. You blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You call the Holy Spirit a demon. You call the Holy Spirit Beelzebul. On two counts, those people blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Jews answered and said, Do we not rightly say you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered and said, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There's one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. He will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death? Surely... You are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. 
It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. And you have not come to know Him. But I know Him. I know Him. And if I say that I don't know Him, I will be a liar like you are. But I do know Him, and I keep His word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. So the Jews said to him, the who? The Jews. The who? The Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. What does he mean there? He's using the words, that God spoke to Moses to describe his, his own name, I am. Exodus chapter, I think it's chapter 3. Moses says, Lord, who shall I say sent me? And the Lord says, tell them I am sent you. That's my name, I am. And here's Jesus Christ saying, I am. Oh, but no, you're misinterpreting for that phrase. It could be taken anyway. Okay, well, here's how the Jews interpreted it. Verse 59, therefore, therefore, why does it mean, therefore? That's what it's there for. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. Okay? Jesus Christ was claiming to be the I am. Claiming to be the I am. That's why, therefore, they picked up stones to stone him. If there was no question in their mind what Jesus Christ was saying, no question whatsoever. They said, that's blasphemy. You're claiming to be God. And Jesus Christ was claiming to be God. So they picked up stones to stone him because they don't recognize him as God. They, they reject him as God in the flesh. That's the identity of those who call themselves Jews. That's the fundamental identity of those that call themselves Jews. They're anti-Christ. They claim to be Jews, but they're not, and they're liars, and they're of the synagogue of Satan. That's their fundamental identity. That church bows down and grovels and worships them. I don't know about this. Oh, I do. I know all about it. Let's go to John chapter 10. At that time there was a feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. And then the Jews gathered around him. The who? The Jews. Who? The Jews. Who? The Jews. And they said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus said, I told you. I already told you, and you don't believe me. The works I do in the Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you're not my sheep. Who do you say this to? The Jews. Who? The Jews. Who? The Jews. What did Jesus say to the Jews? You are not my sheep. That's what Jesus Christ said to the Jews. I didn't write this. I didn't write this. This is what the Holy Word says. This is what the Holy Scriptures say. This is what the Bible says. This, was, this is what the Holy Spirit inspired John to write. The Jews gathered around him. If you're the Christ, tell us. Jesus said, I already told you. I told you, and you do not believe me. The works I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe me because you are not my sheep. You're not my sheep. You, Jews, are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And I know them, and they follow me. Those who call themselves Jews do not follow Jesus Christ. You say, well, I know a Jew, he got converted. Well, fine. Why do they call themselves a Jew then? They call themselves a Christian. I give eternal life to them. 
and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one, said Jesus Christ. I and the Father are one. Well, you're just misinterpreting. We're all one with the Father, and we're all the children of God. No, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. As far as they were concerned, he was committing blasphemy because he's claiming to be God. He, Jesus Christ claimed to be God. Did Jesus Christ claim to be God? Yes. Did Jesus Christ claim to be the Christ? Yes. And when he did, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. There's an enmity between Jesus Christ and those that called themselves Jews. Those that called themselves Jews. There's an enmity. Okay, that enmity is expressed in James 4.4. That's why you don't be friends with those who reject that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. You don't be friends with them. You don't go out and have conferences and public events with them saying, we're all the children of Abraham. No, you don't do that. I mean, just read through what we just read through. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones to stone him. That's called enmity. Enmity. It's a hatred unto death. Where does that enmity come from? The enmity, it comes from Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. The Lord is speaking to the serpent. He's speaking to the snake. He's speaking to Satan. He's speaking to the devil. And he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and between your seed and her seed. Satan has seed. Jesus Christ just talked about the seed of Satan. He just, he, he just explains it over and over again. You are of your father, the devil. John 4.4. 4. You're of your father, the devil. John 4.4. 4. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the serpent in Genesis 3.15. Between your seed. Well, who's, the, who's their seed? Well, if, if Jesus Christ says in John 8.44, you are of your father, the devil, it's pretty clear who your seed is when he's speaking to the serpent. And her seed. Her seed is Jesus Christ. And by extension, all of us baptized into Jesus Christ. Got to get baptized, man. Get baptized. If you haven't been baptized, get baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ publicly. And you swear allegiance for eternity to Jesus Christ. You swear allegiance to Jesus Christ. He's now your master. He's your king. He's your monarch. As well as your savior. The public oath of allegiance to Jesus Christ. You get baptized. Back in the day, back in Abraham's day, you got circumcised. No, no, now we get forget circumcision. You don't, don't get circumcised anymore. Get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ publicly, and you declare his name. We're going to build mighty Christian nations. We're going to rebuild Christian civilization. We're going to rebuild Christendom. Jesus Christ says in John 10.30, I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus said, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which are you stoning me? For good work we don't stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Okay, right there. It's crystal clear. Well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, the Jews had a different opinion. They were very clear that Jesus Christ claimed to be God. And I don't know what it means when you say, I and the Father are one, other than you're claiming to be God. I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. The Father and I are one. No, it says I and the Father are one. John 10, verse 30. The Jews picked up stones to stone him. Jesus says, why are you stoning me? Which good work? The Jews answered him, for a good work we don't stone you, but, a, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. 
It's very clear. Jesus Christ claimed to be God. He claimed to be God. He claimed to be God. I and the Father one. We just covered that in uh, John uh, in John chapter eight too. So he kept talking about my Father, my Father, my Father, my Father. And he says, "You're not of my Father. You can't hear my words. You cannot hear my words because you're not of my Father. You're of your Father, the devil." But in verse thirty-eight, but if I do them. Though you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may know and understand that I, that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. What does that mean? <laughs> I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Wow. That's a pretty bold statement, Jesus. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Isn't that kind of making yourself one with the Father? Yeah, that's pretty much the point of that. Therefore, they were seeking to seize him. Seeking to seize him. And we have the story of Lazarus. You want any proof that Jesus Christ is, is, is God in the flesh? Man was dead four days, stinking, stinking in a hole in the ground. And Jesus Christ says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus gets up, comes out from the dead. Jesus Christ has power over the dead. Jesus Christ has the power to summon the dead to life. He has the power to go to the grave and say, come forth. That's what he did to Lazarus. He said, come forth, Lazarus. He was dead in the ground four days. Not three days, not two days, not one day, not 45 minutes. Four days. He was already stinking. The corpse was rotting. Oh, I don't know if I believe that. Verse 39, John chapter John chapter 11. Jesus says, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. <laughs> he stinketh, O Lord. He's been dead for four days. Not three, four days. Lord, there's going to be a stench. He's rised. He's, the worms are eating. The, it's, he's dead. He's, he's not, uh, he didn't get a, a little bump on his head. It's four days. He's stinking. Jesus said to you, did, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I, I, I said it, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus has done. Therefore, the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the council and were saying, What are we doing? <laughs> What are we doing for this man's committing, performing many signs? If we let him go on like this. New Bible pages are stuck together. Men will believe in him, and the Romans will come away and take away our place in our nation. All right, one of these days I'm going to put together a little teaching on how the Jews are prophesying over themselves and over Jesus Christ. They're, they're Satan's children. They're doing the work of Satan, and yet they're saying exactly what's going to happen. What are we doing? 
if he keeps doing this, all men will believe in him, and the Romans will come away and take away play or, or take away our place in our nation. And that's exactly what happened. Almost not all the world could converge, but all the men will start believing in him, and the Romans will come away and take our place in our nation. And that's what exactly what happens. Jerusalem's destroyed in 70 AD. Gone, gone forever. Oh, they went back and they created Jerusalem again and Israel again in 1949 or, or whenever it was. Hey, they're false Jews. They're false Jews. They're not real Jews. They're liars. They're of the synagogue of Satan. Don't, don't tell me this is the same people. It's not. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was a high priest that year, said to him, you know nothing at all, nor will you take into account that it's expedient for you that one man die for the people and that the whole nation not perish. Well, I don't think they're prophesying for it. So I think you just make this. Okay, good. I'm glad you asked that. You should always ask, always question. Verse 51. Now, he was not saying this on his own initiative, but being the high priest of that year, he prophesied that Jesus Christ was going to die for the nation. Not for the nation only, but in order that he might gather together into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. Oh, God, this is good. So he could gather together the children of God that are scattered abroad. Where did those ten lost tribes go? He came to die so he could gather together those the children of God that were scattered abroad. Oh, man. So from that day on, they planned together to kill him. So when a U.S. government agency goes out there and they say it's classical anti-Semitism to accuse the Jews of, of killing Jesus Christ, all I can say is stuff it. You absolutely, explicitly contradict the written Word of God. But what do the, what do the Jews do? What do the Talmud people do? What do the people do that claim to be Jews but are not? Where the synagogue they say, well, we have our oral traditions that says something completely different than the written Word of God. That's the whole identity of the Talmud. And they're trying to get the church to do the same thing. And I've mentioned that over and over again in Jerusalem Post. And the Jews come right out and they say, hey, we, you know, we know what the word says. And it's, 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 you know, there's 400 and some odd verses that are anti-Semitic in, in, in what they call the New Testament. And we've got to get rid of it. We've got to ban them from publishing it. And at the very least, get them, like us, to have their oral tradition to override what is written. And they've been quite effective at doing it. And the church needs to repent. The church needs to repent. The, 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 they don't. They're just doing the work of their father. They're doing the work of their father, the devil. They're doing the work of their father, the devil. Oh, I think they're the children of God. Well, Jesus Christ didn't think that. Why do you think that? Oh, because I was taught. Yeah, I know what you're taught. You're taught the traditions of men. Verse 53, so from that day on, they planned together to kill him. Therefore... Therefore, Jesus no longer continues to walk publicly among the Jews. Okay? Therefore, from that day on, they planned to kill him. Therefore, Jesus no longer continued to walk publicly among the Jews. I've never heard this before. I know you haven't. That's why you're here at bloodandfaith.com. That's why you're listening to me. People won't talk about this because they're terrified of those who call themselves Jews. They're terrified of the Antichrist. The church and the pastors are terrified of the Antichrist. And they won't say anything that offends the Antichrist. They won't do it. They will not say anything that offends the Antichrist. And they go around and they tell people that the synagogue of Satan is in fact God's chosen people. You wonder why there's going to be a great deception, and there already is a great deception, and it's right there. 
Churches and pastors can't even say explicitly what is written down in the Holy Scriptures. Hey, hello, Jesus Christ says they're not Jews. They claim to be Jews, but they're not, and they lie, and they're of the synagogue of Satan. I've never heard that come out of the mouth of a preacher in the pulpit in my entire life. Not one single time. Never. Why is that? All right, here's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses. The Europeans are going to come and say, hey, we need to know Jesus Christ. So these people that call themselves Jews reject Jesus Christ, and the Europeans say, hey, we want to see Jesus Christ. This is, this is absolutely critical to understand for white people, for the whole world, for black people, for Asian people. I don't care who you are. It's the Holy Scriptures. Now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. This is very important. Okay, they're up from. They're not Judeans. They're Galileans. That's another thing you got to realize. Jesus was from Galilee. Yeah, he was born in Judea. He was born in Bethlehem. Boom! Instantly leaves. He'd rather be down in Egypt than in in, in the land of Judea. Then he comes back. His mom and dad were going to settle back in Bethlehem again. Back in, and said, no, no, uh-uh, no. They move back up north. They go up to Galilee again. Galilee of the Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles. So Philip was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And he began asking him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So while the people that are calling themselves Jews try to murder him, the Greeks, the Europeans say, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip came and told Andrew. And Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And then Jesus answered and said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. We just read in verse 52. In order that he might gather together the children of God who are scattered abroad. The children of God who are scattered abroad. The children of God who are scattered abroad. And right over here, when the Greeks say we want to see Jesus. Jesus says the hour has come. That's the sign right there. European man wants to see me. Greek man wants to see me. that he might gather together into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. Scattered abroad. And I've said before, Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot follow. And they said, where are you going? Are you going amongst the, the Greeks? To the dispersion? To teach the Greeks? They prophesied. The Jews prophesied. They can't help it. They can't help it. Right here it says, in order that he might gather together, into one, the children of God, who are scattered abroad. And when the Greeks come to see Him, they said, the hour has come. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. You go over to the book of John. Excuse me, James. Who's James written to? Oh, my little skinny little fingers here. Big fat new Bible, skinny little fingers. It says to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. The twelve tribes scattered abroad. Twelve tribes scattered abroad. 
Yeah, I can't. My, my thumbs aren't working that good this morning. All right. It was very key to go to Europe. Very key to go to Europe. When the Greeks, the Europeans come to see him, he says, now, now it's my time. Now it's my time. This voice. Okay, so the Father, glorify thy name. Then a voice from heaven said, I've glorified it and I will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard were saying, and they had thundered, and others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. The crowd answered, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. How is it you can say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? He said, For a little while the light is among you. Walk in the light so that the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of the light. Jesus Christ said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but him who sent me. Don't ever say that Jesus Christ didn't claim to be God. He did. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. Whoa, hold, hold on here. I thought there's Jesus and then there's God. No, no, no. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. This is the doctrine of Christ. I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him on the last day. For I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. When Jesus Christ speaks, he speaks as the Father. He speaks as the Father. Father speaks through Jesus Christ. You're not criticizing some dude that walked around on the earth 2,000 years. You're criticizing God Almighty. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. <clears throat> All right, moving on. John chapter 14. Thomas says to him, so Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If that were not so, I would not have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. I go to, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Jesus says, you know where I'm going. Thomas says, no, we don't know where you're going. Jesus says, you know where I'm going. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you have known him and you have seen him. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. It's enough for us. 
Jesus says, Have I been so long with you, and yet you do not come to, you've not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does His works. The Father abiding in me does His work. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is the doctrine of Christ. He's one with the Father. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that he I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's all here, man. It's all in the Holy Scriptures. Jesus Christ is it. It is Jesus Christ for all nations, for all people. For all time, you want you want a solution to the world's problems, and I'm not you know I know that the evangelical church has sold a a little morality tale, and I you know I, I I'm not trying to criticize the good. I'm just saying the church has consented to reduce the identity of Jesus Christ to something that does not offend the Antichrist, and I won't have any part of that. I will not have any part of that. If what I say offends the Antichrist, those who call themselves Jews, but are not, but lie and are of the synagogue of Satan, then, then praise the Lord, praise God. I'm glad. I'm glad they're offended. Jesus Christ didn't have any problem with them being offended. All right. Let's give you one last little scripture here. I want to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 21. You know, back in the day, there was a time when people said, oh, you know, you can't, uh, you know, replacement theology, replacement theology. I would remind you that Judas Iscariot was utterly replaced by Matthias. Utterly replaced. Judas Iscariot, the traitor, was utterly replaced. So there's a foundation right there for replacement. I would remind you that the New Testament utterly replaces the Old Testament. Old Testament being the blood of bulls and goats is utterly replaced by the blood of Jesus Christ. Utterly replaced. There is no room for the blood of bulls and goats. There's no room for a third temple. Been utterly replaced. All right. Here's Jesus Christ. This is this is a very scary parable to me. Because he's looking at you know who. Okay, he's he's looking at the chief priests and the Pharisees, who they're the head of all the all that they all that they de declare to be as Judaism and the Jews. He's telling this to them. Listen to another parable. There's a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a wall around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and rented it out to the vine growers and went on a journey. And when the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive produce. The vine growers took his slaves and beat one killed another, and stoned a third. And yet again, he sent another group of slaves larger than the first, and they did the same thing to them. But afterwards, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the vin growers saw the son, 
they said amongst themselves, This is the heir, come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. And they took him and they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vineyards? They said to him, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. He will rent the vineyard out to other vinegrowers and will pay him the proceeds, who will pay him the proceeds of the proper seasons. And Jesus Christ said, Did you never read the scripture? The stone which the builders rejected, this has become the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit thereof. And he who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls will be scattered like dust. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they understood that he was speaking about them. Okay, and then they sought to seize him. So he's, he's, he's saying this to the chief priests and the Pharisees. They understood it and they tried to seize him. And Jesus said very clear, he said, hey, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you all. You, your nation, from the chief priests and the Pharisees and all that you are and represent. It will be taken away from you and given to a different nation. In the, in the Greek it says a different ethnos, a different ethnicity, and ethnos. That's why when Jesus Christ sees the, the, the Greeks coming, he said, okay, now I'm ready to be glorified. And he's going to be glorified in the European people. Okay, he got glorified. He got glorified by being crucified and, and rising from the dead. He's also glorified in Christendom. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and will be given to a nation producing the fruit thereof, an ethnos producing the fruit thereof. Give attention to the public reading of the scripture as well as the teaching and preaching. All right, Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com.